It's me, the newest heavyweight, the man with the plan, and the golden tan, ELP. Look at this tan, such a nice color. Look at these beefy muscles too. I've been working out lots while at home. Watch me do 50 push-ups. Do 50 push-ups. Now, 500 squats. Do 500 squats. I didn't even break a sweat. Look at Will Ospreay. What is going on here? You look like Jake Paul had slow and sensual intercourse <laughs> with the abominable snowman. Speaking of abominable, what's up, Finley? Glad to see you back. Juice is here looking hard as expletive, as usual, my man. Big Huge looks like a wet rhinoceros fart. <laughs> Speaking of farts, Yoshihashi, you look as if you have smelled one. Last but not least, Shingo, apparently you do not know what ELP stands for. I will tell you. Extremely long phallus. I guess it does make sense why you don't know what that means. Thank you for your time. See you all in Sapporo. I'm glad you're in a good mood, Willie, because I'm feeling pretty cheerful myself. And you know who the luckiest man in the room is that I'm in a good mood? You, Red Tie. You're lucky I don't walk over there and start slapping you around, bitch. You introduce this man as the IWGP United States Champion? Are you stupid? Yes, you're stupid. Go ahead, shake your little head. You're stupid. All right. Everybody, go on the internet right now, all right? Fire up the internet. Get your fingers out and start pecking away. And start typing in all these assholes' names. Every single one of them. ELP, he ain't here. But the last time he saw Juice Robinson in the ring, he got his ass kicked in Philadelphia. Yujiro will never, ever beat me. Do you understand that? David! Fuck David Finley. I beat his ass in Singapore. I carried him around as my tag partner for years. He can't beat me. Never has. Never will. Yoshihashi. Not gonna beat me. Shingo, what happened two years ago in the G1 or three years ago? Do you remember when I was flamboyant? When I was skipping to the ring? I whooped your ass then with a smile on my face. But this time I'm going to do it rock hard, baby. You know, rock hard. Juice Robinson, the true international wrestling Grand Prix United States champion. Do you know why that's so, Will? Because the last time me and you were in the ring together, do you remember what happened? Because I do. Your ass lost! And that was the last time I've been in the ring. So, ask, ask all of yourselves this question. Who's the fucking champion? I am. If you want to know where the belt is, it's in the shop. Because the last few champions... 
over the last couple of years, since the last time I had it, have treated the belt like shit. So I'm getting her fixed up. That's where the belt is, Will. Did you think I was going to bring the belt here and be like, oh, look, Will, look. No. I wore my white pants today. I ain't getting down and dirty with your ass. Ah! All you motherfuckers better believe it. My ass is winning the D block. Fuck off. <laughs> Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. His mother named him Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Ahoy, my boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. That's flair. <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan shaking the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War games. Are impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It is Wednesday, and you know what that means. It is the Top of Wrestling podcast, and we're ready to roll, kind of. Uh, I know that's probably the after last week was such a bland intro. Here we go. I'm I'm trying to see if I can get blander as the weeks go on, but this week, Professor, under the weather, but he's ready to roll, maybe a touch monotone, may not have uh, the best add-ons. I'm, I'm probably going to be a little bit like Monty from Major League Two. But, ladies and gentlemen, we got to bring in the real Bob Uecker. ODM! Might be the nicest thing you've ever said about me. We'll just say you're uh, doing your best Dwight Schrute impression for the show. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I My my nose feels like... Dude, I feel like... I, I told you yesterday that I have a whole weight on my face. We're recording later than normal, so... Hey, yeah, we're, this is as close to as live as it's going to get, probably. Did you say... But we have a lot... Did you say you had a whole weight on your face? It felt like there was okay. weight Oh, okay. Face. I just didn't know if you were daydreaming about Jordan Grace again. <laughs> that was nice. Nice. I did see Nikita Lyons wrote a thing. If anybody's got a problem with me, I'll see you face-to-face, or I'll sit right on your face or something like that. And someone was like, well, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's run down what's going on first. If you liked that opening sound, that was Juice Robinson because, and also uh, ELP, El Fantasmo, from the G1 pre interviews. Like I told you, Tomatongas from a couple of years ago, one of my favorites. These interviews, the guys get to be themselves and say what, why they want to win. Unscripted is why I say it's be yourselves. 
you listen to Juice. That, there's no way that was written by anybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the G1 has officially started off and running. Still putting my hat in, in the race for uh, Tamatanga. I still think he's going to win it, but we'll see where it goes from there. Today's show, of course, we got news. We got AEW. We got Bring It to the Table. We got the Monday Night Wars. And this week, we have our top topic, which is the top face-painted wrestlers of all time. I had to make sure I was saying that correct. And uh, we'll see if your favorite makes the list. Haven't done this all too often, but thanks for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe, like, and share. Because when you do, we care. Hey, I got to tell you something funny. Uh, The Fantasy Draft... So this past Saturday, this past weekend, I had to go into town, mm. and I had not only a 20-year reunion, but I also had my, uh, what do you call it, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, funeral for a friend. I'm so fucking scatterbrained with being sick, so uh, work with me on There's a lot of drugs here that are not chicken nuggets. <laughs> um, and that day, I stopped over to finally get my pack of mail that I haven't had for quite some time by stopping to see my mom. I open up and it says there's a costume party. (laughs) It was that day. It was that day as I opened it. I go, oh, shit. Um, Did you see the pictures? There's a lot of fish slapping going on. Kind of a. Yeah, I didn't quite get that, uh, but whatever. Uh, You know, hey, happy birthday, Tiger. Uh, You're still our little bitch. And, uh, you know, we need a whipping boy in the league. So uh, thanks for filling that spot for us. I'm still in first by, like, 400 points. You keep battling yeah. second and third with Flamingo. So it's it's getting interesting. We'll see where it goes. Uh, all right, man, break it down. What kind of news we got? All right, we'll start with the easy one. Von Wagner and Sola Sokoa uh, have moved to SmackDown. Uh, could have been wrong, uh, but it seems like they're definitely trending towards uh, Solo joining his family in the bloodline. Uh, and I'm guessing you have some sort of prediction on how this is all going to play out. I do, just a small one first. Hey, Nightwing, good for you. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> you said eventually he's going to join in there, and <laughs> it, it, you were right. Um, but I think it's going to be he's going to fight it off just like the Usos did. You know what I mean? Because he's already tried to make himself different from the Usos and even said he doesn't want to join the bloodline, quote, unquote. So I think they're going to do the same thing, how – you're going to have to fight to acknowledge. But maybe the Usos break him in because Roman doesn't have to be on TV as much. Kind of a cool thing. I don't know. I, I'm okay with it happening. So, But I think he's going to fight it off at first. I don't think he's just going to join right in the bloodline like this coming Friday on SmackDown. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm generally not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, with that level of confidence, let's move on to injuries. Uh, just some updates it's here. Santa. Yeah, Santana uh, has a torn ACL, unfortunately. So, you know, as expected, it was bad. Uh, Just the way his knee gave out, you kind of figured it was something like that. So that really sucks to hear. Uh, Hopefully he makes a quick recovery. But ACL is even modern day. No bueno. So uh, Adam Cole has a torn labrum. Uh, He will not be getting surgery on that. He's going to do therapy instead, which is not uncommon. Uh, But his return to TV... Did you say a torn labia? No, I did not say. You're still thinking about Jordan Grace. (laughs) 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 Oh, here he goes. We set him off. Oh, Lordy coming. Uh, Yeah, so he's dealing with that... 
he's dealing with that concussion. That'll be, uh, you know, the determining factor on when he returns to TV. Uh, Matt Jackson uh, injured his neck again, or, you know, he's got a bruised up neck. He's always had neck injury or, or you know, neck issues over the years. Uh, and then uh, Andrade. Andrade apparently has an ankle injury, which he has also battled in the past, which is very interesting because just yesterday or two days ago, uh, it was in that uh, Ric Flair's last match was announced formally. Uh, you brought this up. I didn't see it in the press release. Uh, the announcement was made at 6.05 p.m. Eastern Time, which for those of you those don't know, that's when uh, World, Cla- or World Championship Wrestling and the NWA is a 6.05 power hour. Uh, that's a very famous time. TBS did that a lot with Saturday a lot of night, shows. any one of their nights. Yep, <clears throat> absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so it is going to be Andrade and Ric Flair. An interesting teaming just because it is his son-in-law. So, you know, there's that. Uh, and uh, obviously somebody who can carry most of the match, hopefully, uh, against Jay Lethal, which is cool because Lethal, obviously very famous for his Ric Flair impersonation, and Jeff Jarrett, who... Worst we're watching right now from 25 years ago, and they feuded prior to that. So, um, you know, an interesting pairing, but, uh, you know, some of it makes sense. Um, okay, first, it's funny you said I'm coming for one of yours. Hashtag raw. Okay. I think it's because Jeff Jarrett is Jeff the Jarrett, special yeah. referee in the Uso Street Profits, which to me is like, of all the people you could have got for a tag team title match. Intercontinental title? Okay, I'm in. But tag team titles? I mean, I mean yeah, he was champ with Owen. That's cool. But I'm just trying to say really odd that he is being put into this role. I have a prediction about that. First, I love it that it is lethal and flair, at least, because that woo-off, they're going to do that. I bet you money they are going to do that at the beginning of it. Don't you, don't you woo me. Go back to that, TNA. Go to the well. That was one of the best segments ever. And, eh, Andrade, well, that's going to be funny when him and Charlie get divorced in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Could have chose anybody as his tag team partner, and now it's his ex-son of all. I'm telling you, man, they're going to break up at some point. They'll, they'll, he's going to realize that she is a better wrestler, a better moneymaker. He's never on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We'll see. We'll certainly see. You know, uh, my prediction. But let me circle back to my predictions. Jeff Jarrett. I don't know how, but it's going to be a dirty finish somehow. He's helping someone. There's no way that he's in there just to count the three. Let's talk about SummerSlam special referees. We're about to talk about the August 3rd one of 97 with Shawn Michaels. Let's not forget Triple H being the referee in the match between not only Punk and Cena, but also Cena and Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, and then Orton came and cashed in. Saying there's a history of bad refing at SummerSlam, something's going to happen. That also being said, the newest news, something that we haven't touched base on, it came like the day of our show, you know, last week, like everything else does, that WWE... At least Raw, from my understanding, I'm not sure if it's all product or just Raw, is now moving from PG to TV 14. Where my prediction goes, general manager, Jeff Jarrett. 
That makes sense. I could definitely see that. Uh, I did not put the, the, the TV 14 thing in the news just because when I was looking at some of the stories, there's a lot of conflicting reports. And I don't think there's been any official submission to change the rating on the show from what I've seen. Oh. So it might be bullshit, well, but it might be happening, too. Where I think you're 100% right is Jeff Jarrett becoming the uh, um, general manager. Uh, he's been behind the scenes. He's kind I'm of. I'm not been, saying that anything with him has to do with, you know, you could push in that sure, product. Sure, sure, no, absolutely. That's going to happen. Yeah. Secondly, you're already pushing a lot of the boundaries with the Miz having massive balls, and they keep talking about his balls all the time. You're already pushing a lot of the boundaries, attitude era wise. Not attitude era, but I'm saying like some of the boundaries you would push heading into the attitude era. That's what you're doing right now. So I can see it already being a TV 14 product as it is, if you look at it, but. I don't think much is going to change, is what I want to say. People are like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to, I'm like, we'll barely get, we're not going to get blood. It's not like anything major is going to happen. You're just going to get, instead of poo poo jokes, it's going to be crap jokes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, where I like to see the, uh, the Jeff Jarrett thing go is a weekly Cornette reference. He brought it up on the experience this week that uh, Cornette thinks that Jarrett's going to be running WWE in a couple of years, which I could totally see. Could you imagine of all the years later? I know, right? <laughs> his dad, all that stuff, and then years later, Jeff Jarrett runs. I don't know, man. That's an over-my-dead-body kind of thing to Triple H. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I feel I, like I, I, that's me putting words in mouths, but I don't know. That's that'd be. I wouldn't be shocked. I have an issue with, Jim, with uh, Mr. Jim Cornette. Really? His bitching about the Moxley Brody King oh, yeah, yeah. match at yeah. Rochester. They went out to the floor and I immediately didn't like it. What did you want from two fighting powerhouses? That was okay when Austin and Triple H or Austin and Rock did it? That was okay back then? Or even, you know, Kane and Big Show, whoever. Everybody always went out to the outside and to especially a big match like this. And saying, oh, they almost ran over. Just because you didn't set your DVR, they it can go over. Raw and Nitro for years have gone over. The match between Cena and Michaels in England, which is fucking pre-taped, went over like 20 minutes. Because they, they did that 40-minute match that night. Right. My, my point is, you're getting too old. You're, that's an issue. If you're bitching about that, now you're just getting way too old and bitching about the product. That's too much for me. To be, to be like, oh, well, and they almost went over on time. I didn't get to damn near see the finish. Okay, then set your DVR a little farther, old man. Yeah. Just, he, he, it's funny you mention that because he did speak to that, uh, that that particular, not just with that match, but that, that thought that, you know, and hey, my DVR stopped because, you know, they can't keep time. And I think that's his bigger point is that they can't finish on time. Uh, it's not about him. You know, obviously he can set his DVR later, but anyway, it is what it is. But what's coming on after that show on TBS? Another episode of fucking Big Bang Theory? Probably. You can push. You can make up. My point is, is that they do that and it's good for that because you want to stay to the very last minute. You want to stay and go beyond. Right. We're going to stick with this as long as we have to. That's exciting. I think he's not looking at that way. That's, I'm just like at the... The whole base, the product, the being interested with the ratings and watching it. Just set your fucking DVR. All right, move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Last piece of news. Aiden. I have a feeling this may not be my only rant today. I just want to tell oh, you. Oh, boy. Here we go. 
All right. A&E Biography, uh, WWE Legends and WWE Rivals has some new shows coming out. I've watched the first one, which is The Undertaker, which was absolutely phenomenal. It was great. So I, I've heard him on Rogan. He told some great stories there. Um, and there's a couple things I did not know. And I'm going to bring them up, and I, I want to tell you. Uh, first one, do you know? Which is crazy for a big Undertaker fan. Yeah, exactly. And like, and like, all right, so... Do you know his first televised match, who it was against, and where? In ever wrestling or in WWF? Ever. Uh, negative to all. Okay. So this I did know. Uh, it was world-class championship wrestling. Uh, Fritz Von Erich okay. said to book him. He had been showing up at the office every Wednesday for like eight months. And finally, Fritz walked in one day, and he said, "Who's the, he said, who's the kid? And he was like, I don't know. He just shows up all the time. And he said, book him. He looks like David. And it was after David had passed away. That's how the he got The story does sound familiar. Yeah. So his first match was against, it was on uh, WCCW television. It was against Bruiser Brody. So pretty big. Oh. Uh, but he was booked as Big Red, and he had a mask on. He also, Interesting. yep, and now I knew all that. What I didn't know was in that match, he had a manager. It was fucking Percy. And? Get out of here. Yeah. Wearing some loud pinstripe For that many years suit. they've been working together. Yeah. No shit, right? That's cool. I didn't know that. And he got his break in WCW. He got into that company. Because Cornette saw him and said, sign this kid. Oh. So, yeah. So I'm surprised that someone that he, that he doesn't take credit for. You don't hear him say that more often. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, like Jim Ross is like, I was like, you got to sign this guy. and yeah. Or Paul Heyman's like, I was one pushing CM Punk. I was one like, you got to do this. Or same with Lesnar. And Heyman was surprised on that. Cornette up. doesn't take that. Uh, that's kind of big. Yeah. All right. I'll pull back a little bit on that rant from earlier. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the other thing that I didn't know. So, uh, Taker initially, you know, Mean Mark Callis, uh, initially took Vicious's spot in uh, the Skyscrapers. What I don't remember from back in the day was, do you remember who the Skyscrapers manager was? Paul Heyman. Uh, Heyman managed Mean Mark after he left the Skyscrapers. But the Skyscrapers... If you tell me Percy... No, 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 no. Tag team player, 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 player. Oh, I was just going to say, Teddy Long. All right, yep. I kind of remember that, too. Yeah, I just freaked out here because now that I'm not using my computer for the uh, Google Meet, it goes to sleep every once in a while. So I got to keep an eye on that. All right, so I, I, I've marked out enough about uh, The Undertaker. A fantastic episode. You got to watch it. Paul, like I said, Paul Heyman's in it a lot. It, it was fucking fantastic. It's just so good. All right. Um, so I'm going to read off some of So there's Legends and Rivals. So the Legends, uh, they're also going to be doing one on the Bella Twins. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, did you just say Legends? Yeah, exactly. Uh, WrestleMania 1. Okay. They're going to do one on. So that should be pretty cool. Goldberg. Okay. Ray Mysterio. off to great Legends with... Uh, <laughs> Bellas, okay. <laughs> Rey Mysterio, Edge. That could be a good story. Legs Luger, Lex Luger, Kurt Angle, uh, Degeneration Did X. Did you just call him Legs Luger? Legs, like you're yeah, like, I saw, I like said you're it really crazy legs. legs. Yeah, like don't be a menace, right? 
I'm gonna give that an eight. Uh, so, so there's your lineup. Oh, for, you might uh, be like little Chris in a wheelchair. <laughs> so that's that's your legends lineup. So obviously a couple glaring, uh, you know, what doesn't look like the others. Uh, so then for rivals, I am setting my DVR for the fucking Bella Twins. Oh, I'm sure you are. Uh, so for the rivals, you got Stone Stone Cold and The Rock. Okay, makes sense. Brett and Sean, obviously. Undertaker Kane, makes sense. This one I'm interested. Cena and Edge. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, they're actually going to do the because, Monday Night Wars. I mean, oh, that right there was a make or break time for... that was a, uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to keep talking. That was a, that was a make or break time for Cena because... Mm-hmm. He was getting heavily booed, and they're like, it's the Roman Reigns treatment. Shit, we're shoving him down everybody's throat, and he's getting booed. What do we do? You had to make an, a meaner bastard in Edge being the ultimate opportunist, and I feel like that entire feud, I think that actually made Cena completely. That was always one of my favorite ones. 2007, I think. 06 and 07. Yeah. There you go. So, again, that'll be a good one. They're going to do the Monday Night Wars. Now, I have a question. Did you watch the rivalry ones yet? Any of them? No, I haven't watched and I don't even know that they're out yet. They've just been running spots oh, okay. for them. Yeah, and I saw a press release. So, yeah, Monday Night Wars, so WCW versus WWE, or F at the time. And, quite possibly, hands down, the best one to watch, Nikki Bella versus Stephanie McMahon. You are such a bitch. Oh, I love that. How, For how, some weird reason. What, what is wrong with it. you? That lineup and that's you have that in there? Why? Why do you even have that in there? I don't know, but it's kind of funny because I'm not going to lie. One of my favorite endings to Raw, probably not of all time, but, you know, just kind of one of my favorite ones to watch in recent memory was... When Stephanie got lured in by, well, quote unquote, lured in by Brie, and she's like, let's have a match at SummerSlam, blah, 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 and let's finally have this match. And Stephanie is doing that crying, but Brie, you gotta know one thing. And then slaps her off with a fucking apron to the ground. She goes, I'm gonna make you my bitch. Like, real deep voice. And I was like, okay, that's pretty badass. <laughs> and that's the first time you see Jamie Noble um, and. Uh, what was the other one that was with Seth Rollins all the time? Oh, yeah. It was the uh, CNC or the, uh, yeah, security or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. M&M dude. Yeah, yeah. But either way, so Joey Mercury. You see both Mercury and Noble for the first time on TV, and they're helping hold Stephanie back, and she goes, you're my bitch. I fucking love it. So you know what? I'll watch that one. Yikes. Maybe this is the cough medicine. I don't know what's going it's on It's got to be. Holy shit. I think I just blacked out. What did I just say? <laughs> That's it for the news. <laughs> we need to talk about much more after that. Fair enough. Um, You know what? Listen, I found something earlier today. Since we're going to take a left-hand turn and talk about Brie Bella, you're not going to see me for the next minute. But I'm going to read something to you here. It is a comparison of Chris Benoit and Brian Danielson. Have you seen this, ODM? Uh, I have not. So, what it is, is... Alright, well... You have... 11 facts, and I'm going to go back and forth on this here, okay? Both are a technical wrestler. Both 
have similar movesets, including the diving headbutt and the crossface. Both held a world title less than a day. Benoit in WCW, Danielson in WWE. Both married a wrestler. Both lost their world title to Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Both made their WWE debuts in groups. Benoit in the Radicals, Danielson in the Nexus. Both men, 10 years apart, had tag team title matches at WrestleMania. Benoit tagging with Rhino, Danielson tagging with Kane. Both won the world title at WrestleMania in the main event in a triple threat match by winning with the Crippler crossface submission move. Both sets of opponents were in a faction once together. So you had Michaels and Triple H with DX, and then you had the once evolution of Orton and Batista. After winning their world titles at said WrestleMania, one month later, both defended their title against Kane at the next pay-per-view. And at WrestleMania 21, after the following year of winning your world title, Benoit was in a ladder match. One year after Danielson won the world title at WrestleMania 30, he is in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Bro. And the amount of concussion history, I'm just saying that in a recent talk that Brian Danielson is having, let's just hope Bree's okay. Okay. That's Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow, you just fucking underwhelmingly. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. You, you know, you, you know, Lincoln had uh, a sec- Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy, and Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's that whole list too. <laughs> and before, uh, and you know what? And before, uh, wait, it was before Lincoln died, he was in uh, Monroe, Maryland, and before Kennedy died, he was in Marilyn Monroe. So, let's talk about this weekend, this Saturday night. You got Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. You apparently can get it on Bleacher Report for $39. Good luck with that. Or, if you have Honor Club, they brought Honor Club back. You can get it for $29 through there. The world title match is official. Jonathan Gresham defending against Claudio Castagnoli. All right. Let's just first talk about that. We'll just run down the pay-per-view and we'll run down our predictions. I did see that there's a possibility it was spoiled at a dark taping that Grisham came out without his title. And who's to say when that dark match is going to get used? Just wondering, does Claudio win? Or is it too soon considering Grisham just turned heel? Okay, so from a booking perspective, I would say that it's too soon because Gresham just turned, and it's it's good to have a heel world champ, right? Because that, that, that's totally. the payoff. Um, however, <clears throat> it is Tony Khan, and since I do have Claudio yeah. on my roster, and this yeah. won't count towards it, I wouldn't be surprised that he wins. So, <laughs> Because... Because it doesn't count, you wouldn't right. be surprised. I know. It's funny because I asked that in the Fantasy League, and I they saw. go, no. 
we're gonna have to make that uh, for next season. We'll have to talk about what counts and what doesn't. I'm like, that sucks because I pretty much have a hand in almost every match. Yeah, right. Um, and it's funny he goes, we're gonna also go back to you have to have certain people from or a certain amount from each roster. I'm like, that's how we really killed you guys. All right. Yeah. Right. Um, also, this night, did you see? The FTR Briscoes face to face sit down. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! The tequila, the fact that the Briscoes poured it out at the end—that one, wow! That one got me. Okay, it was just a really good setup, and it's now two out of three falls for the tag titles. Take my money. I will say this: if Gresham and Claudio go on before that tag title match, there's no title change for the world title. Okay. There you if go. it's a main event, there's a possibility. Okay. But I don't know the old Ring of Honor style program. They would put a, a tag title match in the main event if it makes sense. This one here would make sense to be your main event. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that's where they go with it. Who wins, FTR or Briscoes? I really hope FTR just because they got to keep the momentum going and they've got to get the AEW tag titles. I agree, and to be honest with you, since Ring of Honor is owned by AEW and Briscoes can't step foot really onto AEW television, kind of a waste, unless you're going to make a Ring of Honor television show, FTR wins. Yep. Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal for the TV Uh, title. I have Joe. I think that, yeah, I I know. (laughs) I think Kali Singh gets involved, and I think Jay Lethal wins. Makes sense. Too much of a build-up to not. The pure title match, Wheeler Yuta defends against Daniel Garcia. I got Danny Garcia. That's two. <laughs> I know you do, and I got Wheeler Yuta. Um, the promos the last couple of weeks have been mainly from Garcia. Yeah, I noticed that. Which is making me wonder if he's going to win this title. You don't hear much from Yuta. Not to say anything that that's good or bad, but I just, I don't know, man. I think this match has the absolute possibility of also stealing the show. Even it, though you got Briscoes and FTR too, you I mean, unless you're going to completely make a 100% different match that we haven't seen anything before out of you guys in that two out of three falls, I think Yuta and Garcia could really put on a banger. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good match. Uh, I think Yuta will retain, though. I think so, too. I bet you it would open. I, I think that would be a really good opener. That would make sense, yeah. And then you have, I have... Mercedes Martinez. Don't you have Serena Deep? Uh, no. Oh, okay. But they're going for the the ROH Women's World title. I actually think that Serena Deep is going to win this. Could be. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, let's quickly run down Dynamite here. Uh, or This past week, we got one going on tonight. Fighter Fest night number two. Last week, Wardlow retained over Orange Cassidy. So now that his pockets were ripped out of the jeans, does that mean is he is, he's going to officially stop using his pockets? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? They're going to blow it in the ninth. <laughs> uh, Konosuke. All right, look, at, I got to say something really funny. How do you say his name? Konosuke Takashita. And I don't think it is actually. Takashita. Yeah, I think so. I'm probably wrong. But you know what's really funny? His last name is literally spelled Take Shit A. Yeah. That's how I remember how to spell it. Take Shit A. Okay. So, came up short in the Eliminator title match against John Moxley. 
man, that would have been a perfect opportunity to make a huge name for this guy right here. Have him just somehow go over Moxley. I would have taken a I would have taken a DQ or a count out of some form, someone getting involved, whatever. That's another thing. So far this year, only three out of AEW, out of all their television shows, three count outs or no D or a, a DQ. WWE's already up to like thirty something with their television shows. Yeah. That tells you their their booking. Claudio defeated Jake Hager, and I will be damned. The ma- the team that we did not think was even going to win the titles. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You have them drafted. Swerve in our glory win in the triple threat tag team title match. They kept calling it triple or nothing, and I will be damned. It was a really, really, really good match the best of all the triple threat tag team title matches that I've seen this year. I was at the Revolution one. I remember very vividly watching the Double or Nothing one that happened uh, with Bucks and everybody. Or not Bucks, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, Luchasaurus and the other two teams that were in here right here. But I still would have thought that it was going to be Starks and Hobbs winning before Swerve in Our Glory. Yeah, I you know as you know having these guys you know Swerve and Keith Lee, I'm I'm happy. Again, booking perspective, payoff like for me as a fan, I was hoping for Starks and Hobbs. It makes the most sense. Payoff for me was Bucks FTR three at All Out. Yeah, that is the payoff to me. They should have held the titles. What two more months and you're there. Now this begs the question. Let's go all the way back. Was were the Bucks ever supposed to win the tag titles? Well, I think no. Yeah, because they were in that tag title ladder match with the Hardys. Mm-hmm. Hardys were taken out, and now they're dropping them to Swerve and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. I think the Hardys were originally supposed to win that yes. tag title match. Agreed. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and um, really screwed up a lot there. Yeah, and the thing is, is I think they only put it on the Bucks because Jungle Boy hasn't been on TV since then, since he was attacked by Christian after that match. He's injured. So and they wanted to get that moving, too. Exactly. Yep. So uh, there's that. And who knows why this is? Maybe because they wanted it on a face team, and this is the way that they did it. Or maybe Matt's neck is injured, and they want to rest him. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Tony's booking at this point is still kind of fucking out of nowhere a lot of times. doesn't make a lot of sense. There were, I'm not going to lie, I I popped multiple times in that match Mm -hmm. thinking it was over in so many different ways, and it was really good. Now, there was the controversy of who was legal, (laughs) and Tony Khan said, it's sticking. Yeah, That's good, but guess what? That's the joys of you guys not really fulfilling the tag title or tag team match rules. Yeah, no (laughs) shit, right? Um. There were some moments I really thought Starks and Hobbs had it. I loved the triple super kick to Keith Lee, and then the Bucks doing their pose while Ricky Starks does his pose in the middle, and then they super kick him. I loved all of it. It was a great match. The afterward thing, you know, before the match went live, Keith Lee put out a thing saying something like life throws you a swerve or something like that, it, and whatever it was, it... it if you watch the aftermath of that match, his buddy, 
He has three people in the world he said that he trusts with his entire life. I'm going to go ahead and say Mia Yim's the other one, and I'm not sure who the other one is, but his other buddy um, is battling cancer. And he said what they didn't know if they would actually win the titles or not. The match was just dedicated to him in general. But it was just a, it was a good after moment to see him as a, just a person. You know, I sent that to you. I was like, sometimes it's just good to let them just be themselves on the mic. And, you know, I said to you, I don't like him on the mic. But then when he was just being himself, I was like, all right, I'm in. But we'll have to see where this tag title scene goes. I'm I'm confused as shit. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Um. On Rampage, Gresham retained over Lee Moriarty. The Lucha Brothers defeated Private Party, and the Gun Club. A Gun Club and Acclaim they came to blows. Looking like that'll probably pay off at All Out. I did read a really funny prediction, and I'm gonna bring it up. It's not mine. Someone else's prediction. But, have you been reading in the news lately about Captain Insano making a possible... (laughs) Tell me the match at All Out would not be fantastic. Billy Gunn and his sons versus Captain Insano in the acclaimed. No, because I want the acclaimed to be more serious and... Yeah. I don't want them in They're already bullshit. in a thing with, where they're calling people ass boys. So I'm sorry, uh, in, in uh, scissoring people. Did you say I want them to be more serious? Well, the scissoring thing, that can stick around. They can be tag team champs or at least contenders. If they're fucking doing comedy matches with Captain Insano, I don't really think that's uh, doing a lot for their stock. It's just me. Yeah, well, I'm also the one defending the... Bree and Stephanie segment. The, the All right, Dynamite. Suda, Suda Dynamite tonight. You have Fighter Fest night two. I still don't understand the shark cage just because it's shark week, but whatever. A barbed wire everywhere match. I'm sorry, we had it written wrong because it was barbed wire death match because that's what I thought it was. Now they're trying a new match called barbed wire everywhere. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, sounds like it. Tonight also, yeah, you have Moxley <laughs> and Yuta. We'll be taking on the best friends. So that'll just be an ass beating of the best friends. Luchasaurus and Christian are finally going to team together against the Varsity Blondes. Dante Martin will take on Lee Moriarty. That'll probably just be a good back and forth. uh, Your filler cruiserweight title match in WCW. But the match I'm actually really looking forward to, Brody King versus Darby Allin. That boy going to (laughs) die. Yup. All right, man. Made it through the first half. I barely died. Thought I was going to lose it at that one point. At one point when I coughed. We're making it so far. Vicks Vapor Rub is working. Let's bring it to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my God! Psst. Hey, hey, Eric Bischoff. I don't think he's listening. You got to stop saying out loud that I know, but you got to stop saying out loud that. AEW is flat and their storylines aren't good and they're not pushing people the right way. Bro, I'm on my second run of your show. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey man, what are you bringing to the to the table this week? Okay. Well, you know, it was funny last night, uh, last last night, last week uh, on the show we talked about Bash at the Beach and Jericho and Ultimate Dragon having a match. And I did mention that Jericho did botch a couple times. Well, it's funny because he apparently hates that fucking word. Uh, give a little hat tip to S.E. Scoops here. I'm not sure if he was on their podcast or if they, you know, kind of put the story out there, but hat tip to them. 
So I'm not going to read his whole quote because it's kind of long, but I'll give you I'll give you the gist of it. Things happen in a match. The fucking word I hate the most fans use is botch. Oh, you botched that one. Shut your fucking mouth. There is no such thing as a botch. This is a live show. Mistakes happen. Why? Because we're human beings and we're live. The way botches, uh, yeah, so pretty much that's that. He's like, uh, so if it happens in a hockey game, presumably the people behind them are, uh, see, I'm bad spot here. If it happens in a hockey game, fans don't start chanting, you fucked up. You go to a Broadway play and somebody fumbles their lines. People don't start chanting, you fucked up. You go to a wrestling match, you miss a hip toss. People start chanting. It's bullshit. It's fucking disrespectful. Bro, shut the fuck up. First of all, you're not Broadway. You're wrestling. Completely different. Hockey, yeah, it's it's a different thing. Yeah, you don't. But, you know, when fucking Brie Bella goes to hip toss uh, Stephanie I will McMahon, say this, though. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Tell me in the NFL, someone like uh, Mark Sanchez running headfirst up the guy's anus. The butt fumble. You can't tell me someone in the stands weren't uh, yelling, you fucked up. Yeah. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You can yell that kind of stuff. So you can't say people wouldn't do it. However, botches are called way more in, in wrestling than any other place. But, you know, I will give him the, the, the thing about Broadway, right? I used to do like school musicals and stuff. Something falls. You have to run with it on the fly. You got to act like it happened. It meant to happen that way. I will say before the, the internet happened, you could go back and watch so many of those matches. We love to watch from the seventies and eighties, those classics, you know, Ric Flair and steamboat have a couple of botches on their trilogy. I'm just saying, you know, but it's because of the internet that the word botch became as big as it is. But I want to tell you something, Jericho. We wouldn't have known the word if it didn't come from you wrestlers leaking that word out to us. We didn't know Mark. We didn't know botch, right? Yeah. That all, it's kayfabe, brother. It's all out the door because of the internet. So, as you said, shut the fuck up, Jericho. Yep. And, and my thing Maybe is Maybe you wouldn't botch so much if you uh, lost a little weight. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so, my thing... Uh, was I get the fans shouldn't I get being pissed off that fans chant you fucked up because I do think that's in poor taste you know you notice they fucked up okay fine but just wait and see hopefully they don't go for the same spot again um, but you know it is what it is like they did with the Luchasaurus thing but you know what devil's advocate I'm on stage at a show I'm playing a gig Someone yells, you fucked up. I'm going to stop and go, play this. Come here. Come here. Come here, motherfucker. Grab this guitar. Do this right now. Do it. Come here. Let me see you fucking do it. Come on. Kind of get it. I kind of get it a little bit. Yeah. It hurts It hurts the pride a little bit. So I can understand him being upset about it, people calling it out. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe he should just stop botching moves on a weekly basis on Dynamite. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't have to worry about that word. There you go. All right. Well, let's go, go to botch the yourself, Jericho. <laughs> Fucking lag. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Are we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! The mic is yours, Mr. Hart. It's nice to be home. It's nice to be in God's country. this horrible nightmare that I was in San Antonio, Texas 
where they like to spit on you and throw stuff at you for the simple reason that you tell the truth. Did you ever notice that the United States of America is shaped like one big giant toilet bowl? One of the most iconic sounds, I think, of Bret Hart's career. You ever notice that America is shaped like one big giant toilet bowl? I remember that back then and laughing and still think it's funny. I don't know why it's funny to me. It's just, hey. USA versus Canada. Let's go, baby. Round 16, right? And it's been going for since WrestleMania, really, since March, April. And it's only getting better. And this week, well, what's more patriotic than having a flag match? (laughs) Right. Well, speaking of, Raw is live from, well, not live, but Halifax, Nova Scotia, so back in Canada. Uh, More blind patriotism comments at the beginning and uh more canadian fans that's all i gotta say yeah yeah bret hart's gonna win eh <laughs> so many different oh bret owen's the best eh it's like they only went for the ones that ended their sentences with a they're like we gotta end it with that each oh, one of them absolutely uh, i have a question i really 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 have always wondered this i don't know if i brought this up on this podcast but i'm gonna bring it up again if i have you know when you have a like, they, they tend to know well in advance, what, three, four, five months in advance, what they're plan- where they're going to be with each arena, right? Like, we already know that All Out, right after All Out, the Fallout show is going to be in Buffalo, right? We know this months in advance. You know it that long in advance. But sometimes certain feuds, like there was times when Cena came back at one point and they were in Boston purposely set up. Not purposely, but it was just like perfectly set up. This year, each week, we are going back and forth. United States, Canada. Somewhere in, like, Shawn Michaels' hometown, Canada. Let's go to Undertaker's hometown, Canada. Like, it's just they're going back and forth. And I'm like, how much in advance did they know? Or did they say, all right, we're turning that other thing into live shows and we have to make this very real? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how much in advance did they know to start booking for Halifax, Nova Scotia? (laughs) Wait. Better question. Tell me the last time Raw emanated from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. That's my point. So I just, I like this though. I wish they did more of this. Territories. In the, I mean, the hometown reactions, I love, man. You watch when the Heart Foundation come out, crowd goes ballistic everywhere but the U.S. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. All right, so we open up with Vader versus Shamrock. Uh, we get highlights from their match at In Your House. Shamrock does a pre-tape where he's got a can of dog food teasing against his match against Bulldog. Uh, I laughed is- out loud at that. Yeah. Um, because it was like, he's like, either you're going to take this fist or you're this, this can of dog food. Like, showed both hands. It was horrible. But did you happen to notice in the very beginning, I forgot to throw this out. Did you hear JR talk? prior to them welcoming everybody to it usually I did, yes. the, it's Monday night. All of a sudden you just hear uh, JR. I think he goes, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what he does. Yeah. Even in 97, the guy was full of fun shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
All right. Uh, Paul Bearer breaks up the leg lock. Shamrock decks him. Vader gets the advantage back. Uh, Vader splash. Kick out at two. Uh, Shamrock's able to block the Vader bomb. Ref gets distracted. Bulldog comes out. Power slams Shamrock on the ramp. Uh, Shamrock gets counted out. So building towards the feud. Uh, they do mention the flag match. Uh, from this match, you can see one post has a Canadian flag, one has a U.S. flag. It's going to be Brett Bulldog and Owen verse question mark. Uh, and then we get uh, some more Canucks talking about the Hart Foundation. Eh? And then you want to talk about promos that never... That should be another list is top 10 uh, vignettes that never paid off. And this is probably going to be one of them. Brackus. <laughs> as soon as I saw this, I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm pretty sure he never even shows up to television. Uh, I don't. He may make it to like. Um, I, I think once. I think he makes it to like shotgun Saturday night at best. Yeah. Yeah. Then not much. Yeah. So what's funny to me is that every time I hear that name and they're like, it's Brackus. You remember that martial arts movie where the USA karate team goes to uh, Korea, best of the best. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's best of the best too, where there's like this underground fighting where Wayne Newton, for some fucking reason is in charge of this place in Vegas. And there's this big bad dude named Brackus. And he looks so much like the Brackus that WWE was bringing in that I had myself convinced 25 years ago. I was like, are they taking in the guy from the movie? Because, I mean, shit, at this point, we've already seen Zeus, RoboCop. We've seen a lot of things happen in wrestling, so I wouldn't have been shocked if that was what's going on. But just a little side note, I just love the name Brackus, but never used. He's a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Spoke German, too. Probably realized he couldn't move. They're like, oh, shit, we can't even get him through a fucking door. All right. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, we get Vince introducing the Heart Foundation. Uh, you heard the uh, audio clip at the beginning of the segment. USA is shaped like one giant toilet bowl because most Americans are full of crap. It's funny because they're in Pittsburgh next week. And if I'm not mistaken, yep. he does reference Pittsburgh as being a very particular He follows part. up. <laughs> yep. He doubles down. He follows right up. I, it, I actually <laughs> thought it was going to be in this exact one. I go, no, 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 no wait. It's another st- in yeah. our time. I just, you're right. It is Pittsburgh. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, no American wrestlers are accepting Brett's challenge. Calls out Taker, says, we don't have to wait for SummerSlam. Bulldog cuts a promo on Shamrock. Let's not wait for SummerSlam. Owen is facing Austin. Why not? Why wait for SummerSlam? Uh, saying something about, yeah, you say if you win, uh, you'll kiss my ass. Well, you don't have to kiss my ass. You can suck my toes. Now what I thought he was going to say when he said, you could suck my, uh, he goes toes like a whole cap. All right. That got close. Yeah. It was a little weird. Austin ends up coming out. He says, you call this God's country. This ain't nothing but a living hell. Shove all your toes straight up your asses. I'll be in your stupid little flag match tonight. (laughs) He was so patriotic. Yeah. That's one thing. We got to recap of Los Bariquas and DOA from the week prior. Next week at Brian Walsh versus Brian Christopher. Battle of the Bryans. Uh, Scott Putsky was attacked on Shotgun Saturday night by Lawler and Christopher. Uh, at one point, they've got the little Canadian flags, and Brian Walsh is billed, billed as originally from Canada. Like, he lives in the U.S. now, but he's enough Canadian history that they'll 
So he's got the little Canadian flag, and he stuffs it in Christopher's mouth. And at one point, it's hanging. I'm guessing Christopher had gum in his mouth, and it got stuck to the gum. So you just get this, this long line of gum hanging out of his mouth. It was gross, dude. <laughs> you want to talk about a gagging moment for me? That one, it was just as bad as the loogies we're talking about a couple weeks ago or last week. But to throw this out there, I didn't understand. Brian Christopher, in absolutely no way, is a face. What was the point of before the match even begins, you saying this guy, formerly from Canada, but now hailing in New Jersey, just to make the place boo the fuck out of you? I go, so it's two heels. I don't give a shit about this match anymore. It's just to push Jerry Lawler and Brian Christopher. I just thought it was weird. I was like, why I did think, you go that route? It was weird. Oh, I think I think the attempt was, hey, this guy's not from America, but he was born in Canada. I think that was their attempt. Because, you know, it's not like it's wrestling and you can't just say he's from Canada. But Yeah, well, in a time and era of, you know, who is wanting to stay in Canada versus wanting to stay in the U.S. in this exact moment with Breton, the whole nation type feud not exactly the best opener be like well he decided canada sucked so he's gonna move on to new jersey (laughs) and it's like wow they could have said anywhere else but they fucking said new jersey yeah i don't know they're idiots like dude here it is for me okay you got places i wouldn't want to live in order there's like pakistan afghanistan like all the way down here is new jersey all right let's move on Okay, Truth Commission is back. Remember how we had the guy that was kind of like sympathizing with uh, Brett there for a little bit at the beginning of this turn? Well, yeah, they're back, and and there's a whole team. Uh, One of them definitely know from uh, the oddities. Uh, The other two, I know it is. Kurgan. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's funny because they show you their beatdowns and and beating the fuck out of people, and it's only been on what would be Shotgun Saturday Night, I would assume, at that point, or only superstars or whatever. Right. You know, they did kind of have an NXT call-up back then, I guess. You know, they used to do this where I I kind of – I completely forgot that – I just thought they just all showed up one day. I didn't remember they actually showed you, A, these vignettes, and B, I never watched, you know, Shotgun Saturday Night that much. So if they were on there, I think that's where they were showing it. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. I'm sure nowhere. <laughs> Well, yeah. Next week, they said, right? Yeah, 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 that I don't know. I didn't put that in the notes. I think I was just having fun watching wow, okay. the train wreck. Uh, we get a WWF flashback. It's of uh, Todd Pettengill calling uh, the winner of the house from the In Your House contest. And it was that. Uh, now they're giving away a million, and they show Sable and Mara backstage a, with the money. Such an epic, epic... Uh, What's the hairstyle? I just lost it. The name of it. Todd Pettengill's. Uh, he has a real long. Oh, just lost it. Mullet. He mullet. Had a real sick mullet gotcha. in 1995 at this point. During it, he's like, "Is your phone ringing now?" I'm like, "I can't stop looking at your fucking hair, dude." <laughs> uh, and and you remember who they gave that house to, right? It was like Vince McMahon's like lawyer or some shit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <clears throat> we get kind of a recap of man, that, that whole Mankind vignette interview with Jim Ross and the whole Dude Love thing, and we get an Austin pre-tape on Dude Love. Runs him down, doesn't give a shit. Uh, <clears throat> we get a pre-tape from Legion of Doom, their promo on the Godwins. Uh, next we get the Godwins, Headbangers, and New Blackjacks in a 
tag team triple threat. Thank God for fast forward. The Godwins get the win. We are heading. You had a very young JBL in there. <laughs> I know, right? Um, we're heading into hour two, and this is uh, where we get into sign country. I've got a few of them written down here. So, uh, WW, or Vince mentions uh, an article about the U.S. Uh, saying that they're going to free Canadian ferries. I didn't know if that was a reference to the fast ferry or if it's just no, a it's overlap. not. It's too early, but I thought it the is. same thing. I'm like, is that yeah. the Rochester fast ferry? That's what I thought too. For those of you who don't know, for a very brief I'm time, I'm so glad you just brought that up. That's hysterical. Yeah, there was a ferry in Rochester, New York, that it would take you. You know, you park your car on it, you just get on it, and it would take you over to Toronto. Basically, Toronto's like, why the fuck do we want to go to Rochester, New York? And they ended up selling the ferry to Denmark. So. But unrelated in this case. Uh, wow! So not only do we call you the hi- the the doc, man, we got a, now you're a history professor over here too, or not, you're not a professor. But. <laughs> well, you know it's relevant. Uh, I see a sign at this point. It says Sean is a bitch, <laughs> which is great. Uh, Jim Ross calls. Uh, so we start our to officially now. We get Jim Ross calling HBK to the ring. Uh, he does the suck it gesture in the ring this time. So, you know, I got to wonder how much of phone time he had with Hall and Nash. Uh, like, yeah, let's start doing that. Let's start getting that over. I, I do want to throw one thing in there. Um, you're aware of the time that Sean came down to the ring and had something stuffed and pissed off Jim Ross in real life, right? No, I didn't know he pissed off Ross in, in real life at this. Like, stuff something in his crotch. It's coming up at some point between now and the end of this exact year of what we're doing in 97. I thought this was going to be the one. Oh. As soon as he came down to the ring, because I'm like, he's in Canada. He's going to get the best booze possible. I thought this was going to be it. But coming down with two little Canadian flags yeah. in his pants or shorts yeah. hanging out of his waist. Shorts, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he why gets, does the Canadian crowd always hate Sean? <laughs> I wonder why. They uh, He gets up on the turnbuckle where the American flag is, uh, does a backflip off of the turnbuckle in boat shoes. I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, at this point, I see a kill the click sign. Uh, he says, uh, Sean Michael says he's here to make an announcement. He calls JR Garth Brooks. You know, get it because of the hat. He references oh, Girth Brooks. Oh, Girth Brooks. Is that what he said? Okay. Girth Brooks. Yeah. Okay. That's a little more clever. I'll give him that one. Okay. Right. He, uh, Sean Michaels references the article that Vince was talking about, about the fairies. He goes, Hey, we'll free your fairies, your transvestites, your heterosexuals. <laughs> Get it. Fairies. Okay. Talks about the time his parents gave him some no comment. Yeah. <laughs> Talks about the time his parents gave him Canadian army men. They all came out with their hands in the air. He was pretty good. Back it, was, then, it was pretty good. Back then the mic. He says he's going to be in the flag match tonight. Uh, there's another sign, two signs actually. One says HBK refuses to job, which I thought was fucking great. <laughs> Excellent line for 1997. Exactly. Uh, and then the next one said HBK gay. So. That's a little more on par with what we're used to. <laughs> Let that one sink in for a second. I can't wait to. We're going to have to eventually, as we're moving on with the Monday Night Wars, we're going to have to start adding a bumper that says, 
And there's going to be a portion where we're reading signs. These are not the views of the top of wrestling, but we just want you to know these are the signs we heard that day. <laughs> and then Sean announces he's going to be the ref at SummerSlam for Bret Hart and The Undertaker's title match. And uh, there is a stipulation, though, that if he leans towards Undertaker's side and, and shows uh, preference, he's not going to ever be able to wrestle in the U.S. again. So there you go. The most overstipulated SummerSlam in history. Pretty much. Yeah, and, and still, that didn't really play out the way that we thought anyway, So, but we'll get there when we get there. Next, we get Triple H versus the Patriot. Heart Foundation comes to the ring. Brett runs down. Vince gets right in his fucking face. This is great. I think we all remember this segment. He's pissed because Shawn Michaels is going to be the ref. Knocks the headset off of Vince's head. They actually get into a scuffle, and Vince is actually looking like he's fighting back a little bit. My favorite part is the cameraman falling. <laughs> yep. Uh, right on his ass. And we saw the camera just go from the fight to the ceiling. The ceiling. Uh, yeah, Patriot tries to get involved, and then he gets the shit kicked out of him, both by the Hart Foundation and then by Triple H. It's a DQ. Next, we get a rambling argument between Paul Bearer and JR. Bearer says he has proof Kane is alive. And JR says, why don't you give it to us? Bearer says, why don't you shut up? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Bearer just goes into this thing about how Kane and Taker, they had this statue of the Grim Reaper, uh, they each took half of the statue, and he has Kane's half because it couldn't just be something that he just carved out of wood, but whatever. Okay. <clears throat> it was a weird one. Yeah. Next we get... There's Farouk. a word I would have used for it 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was on a sign. Uh, next we get Farouk versus Goldust. Uh, we get the Goldust Marlena pre-tape. Marlena says, Pillman, can't, Pillman, you can't fill out my dresses like I do. Actually, from what I hear, you can't even fill out your tights. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, my favorite sign of the night I spotted next, it says, Linda McMahon is hot. <laughs> I haven't even seen Linda on TV ever at this point, so that's crazy. <laughs> Anybody even knows her name. Exactly. Halifax is. did their research, <laughs> I man. Know, right. Uh, we get an announcement that Shawn Michaels was seen coming out of Brett's, Bret Hart's locker room and is injured. Goldust wins via DQ. It was a sloppy finish. Um, basically what happened was there was interference uh, from Kama. The ref was looking right at it, and it took him about five minutes to call it. It was just weird. Next we see Shawn Michaels. Was. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Uh, we see Shawn Michaels backstage being tended to by the officials and, and Vince. Uh, and HBK is pissed as hell. Uh, this clip is actually used a lot when they're talking about Shawn Michaels' attitude at the time. They use this clip as if it was real, but it's, you know. I've also seen it used where when he's trying to get up and he's on one knee and his leg is up and he's trying to push off whatever, and he's like, it, it, I've seen it, and it's like they used it for when Bretton him had the scuffle and his hair was pulled out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it used for that, and it's so funny how many times I've seen that. That and you're right about the one for you, like him yelling, "This blah blah blah, this work environment blah blah blah," like, and, and which is funny because two weeks ago he was actually preaching that for real backstage, saying yep. this is an unsafe work environment, and here he gets jumped backstage, and they're like, "Well, let's use that, pal." Yeah, uh, Cornette references a sign that used to be back at, at Gorilla at a lot of the places or in the office. It would say, "Real life issues draw money." Or something like that. Sells tickets, I think it, it was what it was. But yeah, you know, hey, that's true. 
All right. So next we get uh, our flag match. We get the Heart Foundation. It's Austin. And uh, Dude Love comes out first, and the match just starts two on three. Basically, you have to capture your own country's flag. Um, yeah, Taker ends up coming in, I don't know, halfway through the match. He's the third man. Taker goes for a pin. Brett breaks it up. Why do what I, I see? And this is why I got to take better notes because I put LOL at the end and I don't know. Oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Because why would you go for a pin and why would you break it up in a flag match? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of interesting Took shit. I second. think they all kind of forgot what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Brett and Taker go for the flags at the same time. Pillman uh, comes out from under the ring to stop Taker. Brett gets the flag. Big pop off the air. Not bad. Not a bad show. Yeah. Some good signs. Not a bad show, eh? Some good. Hey, hey, take off, loser. Nitro's on a Tuesday this week for some reason. Uh, probably basketball or something. Uh, we start with our, our new favorite uh, part of Nitro, the Nitro Girls. Show opens up with the NWO music. It's Bischoff and Hogan. They're laying down in the ring, and it's another I'm the greatest promo. He accepts Luger's challenge. Moving on. For Hogwild. Yeah. <laughs> For it's so it's it's um it's called something different this time. It's uh Road, oh, Wild. Road Wild. Road Wild, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why they switched, whatever. Next we get a squash match. Conan defeats Subusa. Subasa, sorry. Uh next we get Steven Regal versus Ultimate Dragon for the TV title. Uh, I say it all the time. Some matches you just watch. Uh JD Dillon has an announcement later for a new signee they mention. Uh Regal actually taps out to the Dragon Sleeper. Big pop, short match, still pretty good though. And you could see Dragon win a title back. I was shocked. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he won the title from Dragon. So, no, it was kind of a rematch. And, you know, again, you, I don't know, man. I, I think their styles work really well together. You get the chain wrestling, you know, and Dragon can still do some of the high spots. And they're both good mat technicians, uh, hard strikers. They're just a good pairing. So, again, short but yep. sweet. Uh, next, we get Mean Gene on the ramp with Flair. Gene's rocking the glasses tonight. Uh, they talk about having made it their newest selection of, of the Horsemen. Six comes out when he goes to announce it. Uh, Flair just goes ahead and takes his jacket off. Tells Six, you're in the wrong place in the wrong time again, kid. Uh, cuts off Six, calls him calls him out, says, I, you know what? I'm just going to walk off. And as he's walking away, he turns around, clocks Six. Benoit comes out in a very dashing collared shirt. <laughs> Very uh, Lex Luger esque. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It might have been the same shirt. The pirate shirt, almost. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like the pirate shirt. Um, uh, ben, uh, Six says, "Hey, you, you wouldn't pull that crap if Hall and Nash were here, like a good toady would say." Uh, Benoit says, "Let's find out." So that's going to be our main event. Uh, next, we get Great Muda versus Giant. Giant doesn't have music, so he comes out to Luger's match. I was typing the notes and I said, "Oh, Muda versus Luger," and then I saw Giant. I'm like, "Oh." Never mind. <laughs> um, this lasted maybe 30 seconds. It went right to the green mist. It was a DQ. Uh, Savage and Vincent are out. They beat down the Giant. Giant starts to fight back and is able to clear the ring. Luger comes in to check on him. Giant can't see. Gets him in the choke slam, lifts him up. Finally sees, puts him down. Uh, nice little spot. You know, they didn't. I actually thought he was going to fully take him so out because yeah. he couldn't see. It was cool how they did that pullback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A little thing, right? Little things. Yep. Next, we get Malenko versus Mongo. Jeff Jarrett and Deborah run out. Mongo goes after Jeff Jarrett. Deborah distracts the ref. 
Mongo gets J- uh, Jeff Jarrett by the hair and guillotines him. Malenko, small package for the win. It was kind of botchy. It wasn't botchy at all. It was just it was weird just because uh, Mongo's so big to see Malenko try to get him in the small package. It, it wasn't very natural, but Malenko gets the win. So anything botchy when you got Mongo and Deborah at ring, so you know. <laughs> so, Malenko's on the ramp with Gene after the match. Uh, obviously, Jarrett and Deborah interrupt. Mongo walks up, but he gets taken back by security. Jarrett says uh, he wants Malenko to align with him. You need somebody to watch your back. And then, goddammit, Deborah has to talk. Yeah, Malenko says, Jarrett, Y'all. you'll have my answer when I'm ready. So, uh, yeah, next we get Hector Guerrero versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie wins. Malenko comes down to the ring post-match. Uh, Malenko delivers the receipt, powerbomb, cloverleaf. Uh, but while he has Eddie in the cloverleaf, Hector actually gets him to break it. And uh, Malenko just, you know, starts beating him down. So as much as there's La that. Familia. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. All right, heading into hour two, we get Gene on the ramp with J.J. Dillon. The executive committee has met, and they've announced a contract signing. And naturally, Stevie Richards interrupts, says there's two huge announcements. The first one is that Stevie Richards has signed with WCW. Uh, J.J. Dillon asks for Raven. He says, oh, yeah, I bought him a ticket. He's in the front row. And Dillon's like, why? This That's kind of unusual, but okay. <laughs> So they follow him. They have Raven's contract. And he says, everything you wanted is in there. Well, everything that Raven wanted, according to Stevie, because Stevie Richards is the one that negotiated the deal for him. Raven starts delivering Poetry Hour and the looks on J.J. Dillon and Mean Gene. It's like the guys from the IT crowd where where Richmond starts doing his thing and they just roll their eyes. They're like, oh, God, are you fucking serious? I love it. Uh, Raven rips up the contract and attacks Richards. And I think Mean Gene goes, this guy can't put two and two together. Now, is it me, or does Stevie Richards look like he could be a long-lost Baldwin? I think it's you. I'll have to take a closer look, but... God damn, this fucking cough medicine. All right, let's move on. Sudafed's hell of a drug. I'm going to take another sip, see if it helps. (laughs) Next we get uh, Lex Luger versus Scott Norton. Uh, it's a DQ. Buff and Vincent get involved. Luger racks Vincent. Press slams Buff and Norton. Luger gets on the mic, calls out Hogan. Hogan comes out, says, "Hey, I'm gonna make you special." Luger basically cuts a promo saying, "I'm not special. You know, I'm just a wrestler. This and that." And Hogan says, "Oh no, you're you're special. I'm gonna make you special." And it was really weird because they start heading to the. <laughs> Sudafed. It really is a hell of a drug, huh? I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> it was weird because Luger... I'm seeing a completely different scene in my head. But go yeah, ahead. I know. I, know. I got you. Next, we get K Dog backstage with Hall and Nash, just telling them what happened to Six earlier. They don't want to discuss in front of the camera, so they head off. Next, we get Wrath and Mortis versus Psychosis and La Parca. Uh, Shivani gets handed a note saying that the main event will be Outsiders versus Benoit and Flair. Uh, we see Hennig and Flair backstage talking, still trying to recruit him into the Horseman. Commentary flat out says he is the new Horseman. Psychosis is sent into the corner, and he jumps to the top for a reversal, but he slips and almost dies. <laughs> I, almost like it was a botch. I don't know. 
there's a power. They uh, Wrath and Mortis do their power power bomb neck breaker for the win, which is special. Naturally, it's a Laparka match, so he attacks Mortis with a chair, and Wrath big boots Laparka to the next county. We already got half of Buff and stuff. Now it's time for Buff's stuff. Buff Bagwell versus Booker T. Booker T getting a rare singles appearance. You like They're that? They're really pushing that TV 14 <laughs> apparently too. Um, Buff shoves does the uh, ref shove spot with Nick Patrick. He gets shoved back and actually you want to talk about Buff being made to look stupid. Patrick actually backs Bagwell into the corner and runs him down. Uh, but ultimately he gets win with help from the NWO. This I liked. It was Mysterio on the ramp with Gene. Ray's on crutches. He's been out for about six, seven weeks. Uh, and he's declining surgery for a torn ligament. He's going to go therapy. Conan comes out, starts talking shit, kicks one crutch out. Shouldn't you be in summer school? <laughs> he says to Mysterio. Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> kicks out the other crutch. Uh, the other Lucha brothers, or the other Lucha brothers, the other Luchadors come out to uh, back up Ray. And, uh, Conan says, you and these four refugees better have a good pl- good game plan. So, it was interesting. I liked it. I liked Conan talking shit and Ray kind of, like, you know, definitely being uh, the nerd of the piece, not being able to have the answers. They're so. pushing him, but they're pushing him pretty hard right now since he just recently joined NWO. Now it's like he's a big antagonist. I like it. Yep, absolutely. Next we get Wall Street versus Kurt Hennig. This one pisses me off. Uh, we get the gum slap on the corner. Hennig, love it. Always love to see it. Uh, it's going to be Hennig and DD, versus DDP at Road Wild. And this was a match that you thought would be able to go a few minutes because these two have obviously worked together before. Wall Street, as much as he's never really been huge, except maybe in the 80s when he was uh, he was tag champs, you know. You know, IRS, mm-hmm. his, his, his recent run in WCW Rotunda, hasn't been yep. great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and no, they focused on DDP coming through the crowd while Hennig won in 30 seconds with the perfect plex. So you really didn't see anything of the match. DDP jumps him. It's a brawl. It really just would have been nice to see this match, but I guess not. I agree. <laughs> Easy payday for someone like uh, Rotunda. He's like, oh, I just got to go out and take a perfect plex. That's it. All right. <laughs> right. Uh, we get our main event, Outsiders, with six, obviously, versus Flair and Benoit. Uh, Benoit is able to take out Hall and Nash. Goes to the top for the headbutt. Six goes to interfere, but Flair pulls him off the apron. Uh, Nash is able to make the save. Benoit eats a big boot from Nash uh, for the three count. Six locks in the buzz killer on Flair on the floor, right on his bad shoulder. Uh, but Mongo makes the save, and then the Steiners come out for some reason. I mean, obviously because they want a shot at the tag titles, but yeah, so you got that weird dynamic, and that's how the show goes off the air. It was just weird that's how they ended it. Like, I would have been fine without the Steiners showing up. It was actually yeah. a perfect ending right there. I mean, even though you do a lot of your same schmoz shit, the fact that X-Pac or Six-Pac had uh, Flair outside in the chicken wing for so long, all, it was awesome. All of it was great. Hey, and did then you, Steiners show up. They're like, oh, my God, the Steiners. Yeah, and then Goodbye, the Steiners Good night, folks. Yeah. yeah, and they even, they even like, t- half took off the singlet like they were ready to brawl, and then that's when you go off the air. So you didn't even get to see the brawl, if nothing else. You know what I mean? You know why they? You know why he uh, he's named six in WCW? Because he was the sixth member of the NWO. Nope. 
Why? One, two, three, kid. One plus two plus three. Oh. <laughs> now that I've wasted your time with that. I get that. Yeah, well, you painted that number. Oh, look at that. Top topic. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. The Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know, they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com as always they do appreciate all feedback and continued support at the end of the day they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die and now this week's top topic we are talking the top 78 i'm just kidding normally the top topics we go a little uh lengthy sometimes when we're talking about our the best of all time right but today a little more of an open discussion what i figure we're going to do is talk about some of your single wrestlers, your women wrestlers, your tag team wrestlers that have all donned face paint, where they were known for wearing face paint. You know, one person who's not going to make this list, pain maker, Chris Jericho. When you do it, just to put a little bit of mascara on your eyes to say that's how you're going to have a match for one night, eh, piss off. These are guys, (laughs) or ladies, that, and I, I also tried to keep two as best as possible. The order of history, I guess, if you will. So we're going to go right down the list. One that's a favorite for you already, the Great Muda. Chief J oh, yeah. Strongbow. Got to have the, uh, you know, the the markings. Adrian Adonis. That's probably one of my very, very, very first uh, earlier rememberings of someone, you know, having face paint next to a tag team that we'll talk about later. The Missing Link. Mr. Fuji. That, that, that dude always had it, always, except for with Yokozuna. I feel like he didn't, just the long goatee. That It was right around that time he stopped uh, wearing the face paint, yep. Yep. The Great Kabuki. So now let's get into some of the more famous ones. Sting or Stang. <laughs> really, Sting. I mean, you got a couple of different, Stang. several eras with face paint. Oh, yeah. Sting, you got... Surfer Sting, you got Crow Sting, you got Joker Sting, you got WWE Sting slash probably AEW, probably no real difference in that one, but kind of keeping the face paint going through always. Has he ever wrestled a match without face paint? 
I don't think so because even when he was with uh, Warrior, when they were uh, fuck the, the Dingo Warriors or some shit, yeah, the Dingo Warriors. Well, no, that's not what their tag team name was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think he's ever. I think the closest. Oh, he was the Dingo Warrior. That's right. Yeah, but uh, that's the other yeah. one, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Now, generally, multiple colors. You got the same kind of aspect every time. Just you know, the only thing I never really cared for is when he just. Did the two on the cheeks? It's a little yeah, weird. Right. Just the two little warrior things on the cheeks. I'm like, come on, man, get do the face. We wanted the face. We don't want that. Papa Shango, get that nice skeleton looking face paint, and I kind of feel like no one really gives him credit. That was a solid face paint job to to yeah. have for your your character, if you will. Um, Kamala, not only your face, but also your belly. Not the first body paint guy either. Because I guess we can say face paint, but we'll just say painted up wrestlers, really, at the end of the day. Hakushi. Not only did he have them on his face, he had them all over his body. Which was basically Japanese letters and wording all up and down his body. I think it's kind of like if you looked at it long enough, you could figure out how to get out of jail. It's like a jailbreak code or something like that. Never mind. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible joke. Crush. Remember when Crush turned Ooh. heel? He was a a Hawaiian yep. kahuna bra. And then all of a sudden he said, well, Randy Savage screwed me over, so now fuck the entire American system. And I'm now going to join with Yokozuna and everybody else, and I'm going to have face paint. Just different, but it worked for him. Again, we're going by years. We're not going by order of importance, by the way. Here's one we've talked about recently. The Stalker. Remember when the Stalker was at Survivor Series 96 Jesus recently? Barry Windham? Yes, I do. Yeah, we'll move on. Barry Windham, yeah. The Renegade, yeah. who many thought was basically Ultimate Warrior in WCW. Yeah. I think he's going to be dead within a year. The Zodiac. Yeah, I think he was actually, unfortunately. Yeah, legit. Um, yeah. The Zodiac, who was a part of the... Oh, God. Uh, I'm sorry, what's that favorite... Stable of yours. What's the name of that one again? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one. Doom. And I mentioned this guy last week. We have our modern day one in Danhausen, but we got Doink the Clown. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Hey, that worked out great when baseball was on strike and you had this guy coming into the arena with a baseball oh painted on his face. It's so terrible. God, I loved it. It was Tatanka. The Native American, following in the footsteps with Chief J. Strongbow, much to the same. And then this is where we really start to get some different kind of face paint. You got Gold Dust. Now let's talk about just Gold Dust and Dustin in general. Nothing prior to Gold Dust, obviously, it was just the natural Dustin Rose or <laughs> Dustin Runnels, depending on what company and where he was. But then he ended up being Gold Dust. Then. Uh, he was the artist formerly known as Goldust in his era with Luna Vachon. Uh-huh. We're going to get there next year. The ball gags, the big Madonna-type cones. We're going to get there. He also was Seven, as you remember, the Uncle <laughs> Fester-looking guy in WCW. Yeah, by the way, my name is Seven. I love that he went on a four-minute rant before actually saving his fucking name. By the way, they named me Seven. <laughs> um, I actually really, really love the all red or all blue that he has done in 
AEW. Those colors have always been cool to me. The only thing is, I like that you're doing the half. I'd be cool with you going full. Full all red, full all black, or, or yeah. blue, whatever you want. But I guess I can get that you're still half the natural, half the bizarre one. Yep. Um, Vampiro, if you guys remember him from WCW and his feud with Sting, it looked basically like Sting versus Sting at that time. But Vampiro held up his... his uh, career a little bit in the indie circuit and obviously with lucha underground as well still very a part of the the wrestling game today jeff hardy didn't really start until probably 2002 three somewhere in there that wwe allowed him to start doing a little bit of work with paint it was cool because he was coming out with it on his hands and smearing it on his face before going into the ring it was some glowing (laughs) dark looking stuff then he started to do the more facing uh, face painted character Willow, Willow as well as yeah. uh, w- when he was in TNA, and you know pretty much I mean where he's gone now everywhere he's gone he's pretty much been the face paint where you have the eyelids that look like it's your eyes being open which I like. Um, little sidebar to this one: tell me you didn't like that meme I sent you the other day. The difference between Chris Jericho's fireball and Jeff Hardy's fireball. <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus fucking awesome the blue meanie i really don't have much more to say other than that um umaga or as william regal like you say umanga he had the samoan tribal type uh face paint which i always liked the boogeyman i mean that's a not just your face but i think he was also doing his shoulders and chest i think if i'm not mistaken just about yeah it's a very big getup. Yeah, very big getup that he had to do to come out and just eat some goddamn worms. Man, what an easy job he had as long as he just liked to have worms. I got worms. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. I love it. Oh, my God. Excellent, excellent reference. Um, but speaking of a body paint, Finn Balor. Yep. Now, what I like about him, a little bit like Jeff Hardy, it changes up, right? But except for... Finn Balor, oh my god, when he showed up to some of those takeovers, some of the Wrestle Kingdoms that he's done in the past, meh, to some of the things he's done in WWE. Anything he's done in the WWE circuit, he's already done in the past already. But the NXT ones, so, I mean, I, I can't even, you know, some of the, the chests that look like they have a big tongue, like a lizard coming yep, out. Or, those are my favorite, um, yeah. Oh my god, so, yeah, I mean, like so many amazing looking ones. The one in London was my favorite, where he had like that big Abe Lincoln type hat. Some he did in all green. If you look, go to the New Japan versions. He's got some great looking ones where he even did Joker at one point, like your Dark Knight Joker version. Excellent. Hmm. Darby Allen, one of our more recent ones, which I love. I, I'm a fan of how he does his body paint and face paint. One of my favorite ones, to be honest with you was the lighter version that he did was like a pencil type one the night that CM Punk showed up for the first dance and it was a different type of Darby Allen face paint it wasn't as much black paint it was white with more of a pencil type uh, writing if you will right yeah um 2022's doing the clown Danhausen <laughs> medieval I want to know what that guy looks like without paint is there a picture? 
Yeah, I, you know, I saw a video. I saw a thumbnail for a YouTube video. It says, oh, Diane Hauser, and I didn't want to see it at the time, so I didn't watch it. But, yeah, it's out there. All right. Alistair Black. Now, I wouldn't have really put him on there until just, you know, recent. Whatever right. that giant black eye he's still supporting from the WWE days. Um, and my last one in, in the single wrestlers column, Tamatanga. Because when he was in Bullet Club, do the all-white face paint with the the extra black on his beard and uh, over his eyes. Just a fan of that. Him, Doc Gallows, Bullet Club, they're very well known for, or at least the older version of Bullet Club was very right. well known for using a lot of face paint. Even uh, AJ Styles a couple of times did. So we'll put Bullet Club on the list. Now let's move into the women's bracket. My favorite and probably yours when it comes to face paint, Asuka. I love, she's just, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Kyoku, Ainu, Bull, Nakano, mm-hmm. Aja Kong. I had to say all three of those because not much I could really go on other than just from what I've seen in the past, but I had to make sure they made the list. Um, but, you know, very... Pain in the face. I mean, they're famous. They're famous. Vashon. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Luna Vashon, I always like because it had those. It looked like veins were coming out of her face. Yeah, like actual blue looking veins and out of her head. A scary looking woman, man. Oh yeah, put some paint on her. She was a scary looking woman without paint. And then to finally go with the final of the women, actually, probably my favorite woman manager of all time, Sherry Martell. And, you know, whether it's Scary Sherry, Queen Sherry, whatever she was in the time. She always had, Sister Sherry, always had face paint. Generally the cheeks at minimum. When she was with Macho, she used to go to the nines. Uh, Especially also with uh, Shawn Michaels as well. She used to go Mm -hmm. uh, pretty big. With, With Harlem Heat, I feel like just more of a... Makeup. It was really just makeup. Yeah. Yeah, but well-known, I would say, when it came to face paint. Hell, yeah. Because most ladies back then, it's not like you could be revered as anything else, you know. So she came out and just looking, Scary Sherry. The best thing a Brutus the Barber Beefcake ever ever did (laughs) was naming her Scary Sherry. Scary. (laughs) Sherry. I fucking love that. It's funny (laughs) how you just did that. It's the exact, exact one. And finishing out the top topic, talking about these face painted wrestlers, are probably the more famous ones of all time, besides Sting and Ultimate Warrior and earlier. So we'll start with the lesser of them, the Headbangers, the Ascension, the Usos. Usos did it for quite some time where they had the half and half. Now it's more of a die job. Uh, he's got the red beard. He's got the the longer hair. I liked it when it was half, but, you know, to each your own. The Powers of Pain, Wardlow and Barbarian. But I would say your two most famous tag teams of all time when it came to face paint, Demolition, and Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I'm going to open up the list for you here. I want you to tell me who is the most of all time, Your you think the most... You don't want to say the greatest face-painted person of all time, right? It's a hard thing to say like that, but most notable. If you said face-painted wrestler... Who's the first person to come to mind, and then tag team? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's Great Muda. 
or, you know, or Sting. Okay. It's one of them, and I watched them wrestle each other. Sting is for me, and I yeah. and I didn't even grow up on Sting, but I would say Sting before anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's got to be the Road Warriors for tag teams. I It's easy yeah. to put Dem- Demolition as a very close number two just because, I mean, I grew up with that. I mean, I mean, it's the fucking Road Warriors. Come on. Yep. Can't, can't go wrong with that. I totally agree. Good list. Good shit. Good top topic. We'll have one of those in a couple of weeks. Next week, we'll be back with more of the Monday Night Wars. You can have a movie of the week next week. Uh, hey, just to throw this out to you, when you're not feeling good, a good movie to throw on. So I married an axe murderer. I'm oh. throwing that on the other night. <laughs> Boy, he'd... God, he's going to cry tonight on his huge pillow. You know what I like is that he sings the song wrong, by the way. Does he? He doesn't go, if you want my body. He goes... If you think I'm sexy and uh, you want my body, you oh, you and I was like, I love it. We've got the piper We've down. The piper right. down. We'll talk about movies next week. <laughs> we'll be back. It's the top of wrestling. We'll be back next week, every Wednesday, as we always are. I always bid you a farewell as the professor and as ODM. He likes to leave you with four words because it is season four. Take some fucking Sudafed. More. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. So, hey, if you happen to look over and it looks like I'm putting a little white penis up my nose, it's a uh, like an afrin Vicks kind of vaporizer. Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. It's really, I promise it's not a baby penis. All right. <laughs>